You, you just got to sort of appreciate that, that, that riff, that thumping riff. Doesn't it just make you feel like you're doing something powerful? It does me. It does me indeed. The GS Plumbing Talk Line, and I just dropped everything. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live, if I push the buttons, let's push the buttons, on the WORD Facebook page, if that is your cup of tea. And uh, podcasts are available, of course, through the free Odyssey app and everywhere that podcasts are available. So here we are, and we're in the aftermath of that attack, and like a tsunami, Hamas has fallen back. The waters of that attack have receded, and now they're just, you know, Gaza's being turned into a parking parking mall. Uh, one of the discussions that I was having yesterday with a former counterterrorist guy that uh, comes on my show on a regular basis was... Um, is going door-to-door going to be a big issue if they're knocking all the buildings down? And I don't think they would actually go door-to-door. I think that I think everything they're going to do is going to be targeted. If they go in on the ground, it'll be a little more surgical than what's going on with the, the airstrikes because airstrikes are not as discriminate as uh, close contact. In the interim, we sit here today Right, And we just went through the 22nd anniversary of 9-11. We sit here today in a position of complete and total weakness. Because we have these people in our midst right now. They might be listening to me right now. Now, there are some people, and I can't corroborate this, so just understand that, but there are some people that, uh, you know, they, they... there's some revelations out there that Iranian spies infiltrated the U.S. intelligence apparatus and have been pushing us to do things for Iran for a number of years. And we we see it. We see some of the actions. Now, this didn't happen during, during the Trump administration. All of this was coming to light just a few days before the uh, attack, but it's going to be months or years before we know the extent of the damage. And I don't even know if we're going to be able to ascertain how deep it went. Joe Biden is just continuing the nefarious work begun by Barack Obama, a policy of appeasing and kowtowing to Iran and of denying the the effect it has on Israel or the broader Middle East. It was Obama who pushed through the Iran deal in 2015 that not only lifted sanctions in Iran and gave them $2 billion in pallets of cash, but effectively permitted the regime to pursue their nuclear program. But they did attach conditions that were specious, unverifiable, and temporary. And, you know, here's the thing. If you're going to back Iran when you send it and its proxies money, if you reward Palestinian violence, if you go out of your way to portray Netanyahu as a dangerous fascist, if you finance and back his opponent and you contribute to further instability and unrest, and when you hand over the U.S., the U.S. intelligence apparatus over to Iranian agents, when you have your spokespeople declare it disinformation, while you and I are sitting here connecting the dots, when you do all of that, 
you know it's going to happen. You mean for it to happen. None of this is accidental. For a very long time now, we have developed this habit of abandoning allies. Before Israel, we abandoned the Afghans. Afghanistan was fighting to overthrow the Taliban. It was not exactly what you would call textbook or anything. But uh, for a very long time, there was this myth out there that the Afghani military that we had set up could fight the Taliban. That was never true. And when we unceremoniously left Afghanistan with billions of dollars in military equipment and material and ammunition, which is being dispersed all over the world to people that are against me and you. Well, that was, you know, those, those Afghanis, we don't know what's happened to them. I'm sure it isn't savory anyway. What about the South Vietnamese, South Vietnamese, you know? They were clutching the last helicopter in 1975 on top of that tower, just wanting to get away because they knew what was coming. What about the Cubans during the Bay of Pigs? We have a history of this. We're not willing to go in and do what we got to do. We could do what we got to do, but we just don't want to. Because doing what we got to do means that we ignore the press and we ignore the flower children and the hippies. So if somebody like the United States is going to get it out there and break all of these words and treaties and commitments and agreements with foreign allies. What do you think they're going to do when it comes to you and your rights? You already know the answer to that one too. You're being spied on. You've been lied to, which was purely manufactured for the sake of seeing what you would do. You had an experimental vaccine, same parameters. Everything that is spoon-fed to you, broadcast, print, social media. Let's go. We, we got time for that. Let's go to the phones. Lance in Greenville. Yes, sir. What can I do for you? Uh, just wanted to comment that in that little period of time from when the attack started on Israel to the time where Israel started retaliating, what was the mood in Gaza? Were the Palestinians mournful or in solidarity with the Israelis, or was everybody cheering? And I think we know the answer to that, and that really does sum up whether or not we should be bombing the hell out of Gaza or yeah. not. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, just remember, that there's if you go in various places of the Middle East, they have little monuments where they show planes hitting the Twin Towers, and they were dancing in the streets on that one. Yeah, it, it just comes down to they were excited, everybody was happy, and yet, to beat your enemy, you have to crush their soul. You have to destroy their will to fight. Yeah. And you have to do that through the people. Like, as long as their people support it, they will keep doing it. That's why That's why Japan capitulated. Exactly. When they, when they dropped those atomic bombs, that's why Japan capitulated. Because we, uh, when we were trying to take it, when they were going to try to take it the conventional way, they were talking about losing a million people. No, so. not you just gotta it's part of part of the ugliness part it is of the misery of war and yes, as sir, terrible it is. as it is it's gonna keep going on um 
I don't. I don't. I don't think Russia is going to uh, Russia. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that Netanyahu is going to stop on this one. And I, why I, would they? They shouldn't. They should not. They absolutely should not. Hamas and Hezbollah aren't going to stop. Nope, they aren't. Not until they're gone. But there will be others. It never ends. Unfortunate, but true. I just just listening to you. I already know that you. I don't have to ask you any questions about your ready readiness and all that other stuff. So, all I will say to you, Lance, is thank you very much for the call, sir. Good points. Excellent points. <laughs> uh, I'm being told on the text line that former Hamas leader Khaled Michel is calling for a worldwide day of jihad and blood on October the 13th, which is tomorrow. Well, you know, here's the thing. If you don't want none, don't start none, okay? That's the way Hamas should be talking. That's the way we should be talking to Hamas. They're not going to do it because they can't help themselves. But listen, all of this is being done. All of this is being made possible by your federal government. By this, this, what, you know, I, what's the end game with this? What, what are they looking for by courting state-sponsored terror? And in the same token, there's some people out there right now that think you need to be rounded up, put in a cattle car, taken somewhere, and forcefully deprogrammed. All of that. All of that. I, I'm trying to figure out why the Arabs are so angry all the time. So, let's take a look at that just to satisfy my own, for my own edification, yeah? This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. You know, um, there's been a lot of talk about the opponent, the Middle Eastern opponent. What is he like? What are they like? And why are they like that? Now, you've got, uh, you know, you've got the, uh, and the GS Plumbing Talk Line, of course, is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page and podcasts are available wherever you get your podcast and on the free Odyssey app. Now, if you look at the squad in Congress, the president of Columbia, the country, uh, some students at Harvard, Black Lives Matter, Code Pink, Socialists of America, and other sundry anti-Semites. Right now, they're very heavy in their criticism of Israel because of their wartime measures against Hamas. And the interesting thing here is that they want Israel to ex accept responsibility for what is happening to the Gazans. Now, that's not surprising, but it's very interesting. Now, if they were truly concerned about saving the Gazans from the ravages of war, they would be advocating for Hamas to surrender, lay down their weapons, walk out hands over their head to save Gaza, release the hostages. The Hamas members would probably have to leave Gaza, but they would leave with their lives. But that's not an acceptable solution. 
because that gives a victory to Israel and cannot be allowed. That's why they negotiate a truce. A truce is never really a truce. It's just a pause. Death is preferable to a uh, victory for Israel. So if the death of Israeli Jews cannot be achieved, the death of Hamas fighters is the second best solution, and it is a virtue. Because if a member of Hamas dies in battle, they become a martyr. This is a point. This is a very this is a very important important point to ponder. That's of my own doing. All that mistake. All that mistaken vernacular I just slung. That was my problem. Um, when anger is so great, only death is the outcome. That's where the problem is. What allows a member of Hamas to have a big grin, big sloppy grin on their face while they cut the head off of a baby? What is the source of this? It's not just anger at Jewish people. It's anger in general. It seeks an object for the overwhelming, internal, boiling, white-hot, can't-be-reasoned-with-rage. Before all this happened in Israel, the uh, you know, there was a lot of inter-Arab anger going on. In the first eight months of 2023, there were approximately 180 murders in the Arab communities. Not exactly Chicago or St. Louis, but that's significant in Israel, which is a country with a low violent crime rate. So what is the prime cause of Arab anger? Why? What, what 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 is it about this? First of all, we know that they've already been uh, we, we we know they've already been goaded into it by various leftist factions to scapegoat the Jews. Because at one point they got along with them very well. They were glad they were there. But there's numerous sources of this. But each guest could easily supply a number of graduate students with material for their dissertations, like poverty. Not very many jobs in Gaza, so, you know, they can't earn a living and raise a family. They basically live off whatever the world sends them. And there's not many basements for the unmarried males there. But many 30-year-olds still live with mom and dad. There's not enough women. If one man can have four wives, then three have to do without. And uh, so, you know, acquiring enough females from the outside... That will help the men who lack, quote, companionship. War and the associated anger solve that problem of too few women. Of course, then there's the permission given to them by the Quran. Arab culture does not discourage anger against outsiders or insiders who revolt against their assigned role. They're all assigned a role. Sadness at the exigent, you know, the exigent circumstances of life as an alternative response to anger, is not manly. Sadness can lead, you know, you're going to be focusing too much inward, and the anger is always looking for an external target. So if you become that, then you become a target yourself. Then there's the family dynamic. Uh, in, in Arab culture, children belong to the father. And a mother's love for her kids get perverted. She gets mad at her husband in a culture that devalues women. Then uh, the children become pawns in a, in a fun game. 
And in this culture, the moms are asked, in fact, it's demanded that they encourage martyrdom for their male children. No love lost there except for the first moments after being told of the death. This is why they are in a, like this, it's like I was saying earlier, this is why they practice polygamy. This structure supports the preservation of the elites. This way they can build mansions and compounds for their extended families while the young men boil in anger in the streets. And in this way, they retain control through the degradation of the poor. And the only way they can find their dream of happiness means that they, other people have to die. And this is not exactly revenge, but similar. If the Jewish people could be conquered and driven into the sea, life would be better. Shame would be erased. Victory would permit them to walk with their heads tall in their delusion. Sometimes... There is a hint of reality in the thinking. About a year ago, a Hamas spokesman declared they would eliminate all Jews in Israel, but retain their scientists. That's interesting, isn't it? Retain the scientists. Why would we do that? Because of the success. It comes from a source other than the slaughter of your enemies. So when you're when, when when you're sitting there and you're trying to fathom the anger, just remember this comes from an alien world for us. Nowhere, nowhere in any other culture that I am aware of, there you know maybe the Sentinel Island where they kill everybody that goes there, but uh, you know nowhere else do you see this kind of uh, anger, this kind of outlook. And in Gaza, there were a lot of pictures of them smiling and clapping and rejoicing while 1,200 people were being killed, 40 of them children, babies. What should frighten you? What should frighten you? There's a... There's two kinds of killing in this context. There's the killing of combat, which is you're trying to win by attrition. And then there's the killing for pleasure. And that's what they're practicing. And when somebody finds pleasure in killing, they are incredibly dangerous to anybody around them who doesn't know what that means. They don't have any friends. They don't have anybody close to them because they're all, everybody around them, could be a target. We're going to talk a few truths about Hamas when we get back, and then, uh, you know, it needs to come out. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Ah, the text line. <laughs> the text line. GS Plumbing Talk 
GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. On the text line, I get this. Hamas was created by U.S. and Israel years ago to go up against enemies. And, uh, yeah. So, instead of, uh, you know, Hamas was founded by Sheikh Ahmed Yassin of the Muslim Brotherhood. Hamas was created as the political arm of the Muslim Brotherhood. I don't think Sheikh Yassin was, uh, you know, part of Israel. I don't think he was. Why are there so many Hamas supporters in the world today? Some are simply anti-Semitic, but that has long been considered not cool. Why did so many people think it was great about that mass slaughter? Like at the music festival, for example. And this is a this turns out to be a very unique marriage of convenience between the ideological and religious domain. The New York City pro-Hamas rally was masterminded by the Democratic Socialists of America. They used to have Barack Obama as a member. They have six House members, including Rashida Tlaib, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and Jamal Bowman of the pull the uh, you know pull the pull the fire alarm fame. And they have numerous office holders at the state and local levels. Hamas is an acronym for Islamic Resistant Movement and has two charters or covenants. First one dated 1988, and it's got all the Soviet rhetoric typical of the time. It was right before the wall came down and the Soviets were still a thing. Like Article 15 that emphasizes imperialistic invasion paved the way towards the loss of Palestine. And imperialism has helped and is still helping the ideological invasion. Article 20, which echoed the Soviet propaganda, proclaims that Jews are a vicious enemy that acts in a way similar to Nazism. Article 22. The imperialistic forces in the capitalist West and communist East support the enemy with all their might. See, they, they, they were trying to distance themselves from the whole thing of like copy and pasting the KGB stuff. But under Soviet pressure, they committed a commonly overlooked apostasy there. <laughs> and it uh, Article 12 blatantly asserts, resisting and quelling the enemies become the individual duty of every Muslim, male or female. A woman can go out to fight the enemy without her husband's permission, as does a slave without his master's permission. That is a deviation from the classic Sharia doctrine of women's subordination. And it also acknowledges the existence of slavery in Muslim lands. So along with Hezbollah and the PLO, the Soviet communists made Hamas a legitimate Middle East player. The present, thir uh, the present pre resident, third Obama term in the White House, continues that tradition. The internal structure of Hamas is a carbon copy of the KGB. Their highest elected governing body is called the Politburo, and it's hosted in gutter since 2012. The... Uh, in their charter, there is there is a categorical negation of Israel. No, no ambiguity there. No shade of gray. 
Hamas, along with the other Islamo-leftist organizations, aim to exterminate all Jews in Israel and elsewhere. As a matter of fact, they would actually like for all of them to gather in Israel so they wouldn't have to go looking for the rest of them. Now, the new Hamas covenant of 2017 uh, no longer explicitly calls for the extermination of Jews. Instead, they want to liberate Palestine and confront the Zionist project. And Article 4 uses the Soviet definition of Palestinians as exclusively Palestinian Arabs. So, Palestine is a homogenous population. They, they don't like outsiders. Now I'm being given an info link to go see where Israel created Hamas. The entire Article 9 was written written for the Western intellectuals. Hamas believes the message of Islam upholds the values of truth, justice, freedom, and dignity, and prohibits all forms of injustice and incriminates oppressors, irrespective of their religion, race, gender, or nationality. Islam is against all forms of religious, ethnic, or sectarian extremism and bigotry. It is the religion that inculcates in its followers the value of standing up to aggression and of supporting the oppressed. One of the postmodernist philosophers, uh, Professor Judith Butler, said the quiet part out loud in 2006. She said, I think, yes, understanding Hamas, Hezbollah, social movements that are progressive, they are on the left, they're part of the global left, that's extremely important. That does not stop us from being critical of certain dimensions of both movements. So, if the Charter of 1988 was composed in the Mein Kampf language, the Hamas Covenant of 2017 is written in modern woke speak. But the truth is that decolonization in both the woke and Islamo leftist vocabulary means decapitation. Multiculturalism means rape by multiple lowlifes. Free Palestine means Juden Fry, and diversity means pro Hamas jubilation parades. And that's why not a single word from the BLM Marxist thugs regarding the Hamas bloody attack on Israel, except for that one little thing with the with the with the parasail. Who paid for this? Well, Iran paid for it. Who 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 helped the money flow? Well, that was the Obama and uh Biden administrations. And the good thing is that the Iranian adventurism forced all parties to spell out their position concerning the events. And now we know. Right now, the Gazans are outright calling for Putin to increase his attacks on Ukraine. They call for China to invade Taiwan. It is a quasi-socialist oasis. Nobody works. Nobody works. The whole enclave exists entirely from handouts from abroad. So, the ticking time bomb known as the Soviet-Palestinian Project slipped into oblivion. We now know where they are, what they stand for, what they're going to do. They're doing it. They do it on a regular basis. All the time, as often as they can. That's what they're about. So stop sending me links about how Israel created Hamas, please. <laughs> One time when I was in Colombia, you know, I, I don't have time to tell you the story. I'll tell you the story when we get back. 
I'll tell you the story when we get back. I don't know how much of this was actually a real thing, mind you, okay? But it happened. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. All right. The, well, I had that right. I'd already pushed the buttons. <laughs> GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. I really thought, knowing what I know about the world, that we would have evolved at some point. And here's a uh, quote. From uh, Robert Burns, or I, I think maybe this is actually a poem. Many and sharp the numerous ills inwoven without, with our frame. More pointed still, we make ourselves regret, remorse, and shame. And man whose heaven-erected face the smiles of love adorn. Man's inhumanity to man makes countless thousands mourn. We... Because of this whole ID politics thing, which has very deep roots, going way back, it's ancient, right? It, it, and it's it, it re it, it it renews every time we get a new generation. Have you ever noticed that? As soon as we get to an age where we could evolve, where uh, where we are, where we're going, where we could evolve, what we're going to become, we're in the twilight of our life, and we're we're you know we're on the way out. Then it starts all over again. And the only way that anything actually has any lasting power is if somehow or other, whatever that particular thing becomes, it becomes enshrined within the fabric of uh, society. Much like the Constitution. The Constitution has immortalized the founders, right? It has immortalized the founders. I'm being told by the guy that I am an arrogant talk. Let me let me read this text to you. So he told me that uh, Hamas was created by Israel in the United States, which, uh, you know, I'm just going by, you know, you can find this on PBS. This is not me making it up. You can find it in a lot of ways. But uh, now I'm being told, well, it's become obvious that while you're not as successful as other talk radio hosts and rarely have callers, your arrogance will be your undoing. Okay. <laughs> well, I don't know. I got three radio shows. I don't know if I'm, I would be deemed successful or not. Maybe you should just go find somebody else to listen to then. If I'm that arrogant. My arrogance only extends to the part where I get out there and I live by the world of logic and fact. I can go out there on the internet and I can start a movement tomorrow. And I can get out there and say, this was created by this, and this was created by this, and these are my pieces of factoid, and then so, a bunch of people just like you would fall in behind that, probably. So, while you're out there being judgmental, just remember, judgment is only as strong as what kind of enforcement you bring with it, friend. Back to the uh, inhumanities done to man. Who remembers the video we got to see of Daniel Pearl being beheaded? Everybody knew then, or should have, that these horrific crimes could not and should not implicate all Muslims. 
But this was this was shocking. And we've seen it a lot since then. And we've seen it a lot before that. For you know, the pogroms of the nineteenth century to Lenin, Stalin, Hitler, Mao. There's a lot of evil out there, and it's all like I said, it renews every time somebody's born. So for our generation, here's the wake-up call. If we haven't already had one, we should have had it already, but we didn't. And the violence that Hamas perpetrated on Israeli civilians is not beyond belief. I've seen it before. I've seen worse. You have too. I still don't know why they were caught off guard. They have a very superior intelligence apparatus. Mossad, Shinbet. How did they miss this? How did the CIA and RDIA miss a plan of attack as sophisticated as this was? They don't. Somebody had to know. Somebody had to know. Never underestimate man's capability of being inhumane to his fellow man. As for me, I'm going to take my arrogant self and I will pull back for a moment, but I'll be back in 22 hours. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas. <laughs> 